Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Summerhill History Pod. Uh, my name is Mr Hall and I'm joined delightfully again by Mr Clayton from Bridge North Endowed. Hi there sir. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And I can see you're just absolutely champing at the bit to discuss Weimar Germany. Absolutely. Yep, so um, I think most students, they tend to sort of, as the course goes along with, with Germany, they, they tend to know it quite well. They know what Hitler did and they know how he got power. Lots of students struggle with that word, Weimar Germany. And I think the question to ask for us is actually, if it was so bad, if Germany hated it so much between the years 1919 and 33, how does it last 14 years? So I think if we approach this from, from this angle, um, then this might be a good way to start. So if we think about the very start then, 1919, Everyone always associates the Weimar government with the signing of the Treaty of Versailles. And we all know about Clause 231 and the army being limited and the empire being taken away from Germany and, and all those things. It, you know, in summary, it starts off then. What was Germany used to before democracy came along? Well, Germany had been um, a constitutional monarchy, effectively, but, um, uh, you know, the, the Kaiser... Um, as as king and emperor um, had been the sort of major part of the German constitution. Um, he'd been the sort of the, the head of state and um, Germany, uh, the, the Reichstag had played a very sort of secondary role to, mm. to the Kaiser. And so um, it was it was quite an authoritarian government, uh, a, a monarchist government. And um, the Kaiser was supported by the um, the sort of uh, upper class uh, groups, the uh, the Junker uh, landowners and the uh, industrialists, um, and they'd they'd recognised uh, for a long time the sort of growing problems, particularly with socialism in the industrial cities. Um, they'd been very worried about that. Bismarck had been very concerned about that as Chancellor of Germany, um, and so. Um, it was one of the reasons why they went to war in 1914 was that they thought that this would be good for Germany, that it would get rid of a, um, a lot of sort of um, working class um, upstarts. You know, it would it would sort of uh, reduce the numbers of the working classes. It would help to unite the country behind the Kaiser, um, because when you start a, a foreign war, then your population tends to be united behind you. Right. And that it would just sort of negate some of the, the socialist tensions and um, uh, rising sort of protest amongst the working classes. So I guess Germany kind of just give up on that after the First World War. They they lose the war, the Kaiser flees. So they set up this new system where, you know, it's democracy now and it's proportional and everyone gets to vote and all these things that we look back as historians and say, well, oh, you know, Germans hated it. Um, but let's let's first of all think about what's the proof that Germany can't have hated it as much as we think. We've got two very early challenges to the government. We've got the Spartacist rising of 1919 on the left, so that's, that's the communists. We've got the cap putsch that comes in the wake of that from the right, from cap and the Freikorps. And there's proof within these, isn't there? They're both an attempt to overthrow the, the current government. What's the proof that Germany is willing to persevere with the, with this experiment for a little bit longer? Well, I think, first of all, that um, the 
you've got to give credit to the Weimar Republic um, in the way that it was set up, and particularly the constitution. I mean, it, it was not it wasn't a rush job, and and it was very well thought out, um, and in creating a balance of power between. Um, the president um, and uh, the government between the, the sort of Reichstag and the Reichsrat and um, you know that uh, all Everyone's men and women over the age of 21 Very progressive vote. wasn't it? Yeah it was a very very impressive uh, well thought out constitution um, that really should have worked. Um, the problem was the key weakness uh, was the fact that there was proportional representation and that um, there were so many um, different parties wanting to take part in this that the vote was divided and so um, in in every election that uh, takes place in the Weimar Republic it always ends up with a coalition government because there are just basically too many parties um, sharing the vote. There were 29 parties in all in the 1920s mm. um, and that just um, meant that no one party could get an absolute majority. But it survives doesn't it? So, so the question I guess is like why? So it comes across these two challenges. Why do people, why does Spartacus Rising not work? Why don't people join Liebknecht and Luxembourg in the streets? And why aren't they sort of, you know, bashing in buildings and, you know, killing politicians? And Well, the, the Spartacus Rising really had no chance right, right from the start because it was a communist rising. And, and the great fear of the German upper and middle classes was a communist revolution uh, as it happened in Russia in 1917, which would mean um, the loss of their property, it would mean the nationalisation of um, land and industry, um, and uh, it was it was the worst nightmare of the wealthy in Germany. And so they were um, prepared to support Weimar to crush um, the communists, and um, it leads to the formation of the Reichswehr um, and the Freikorps um, getting together. Um, yeah. to uh, combat the Spartacist rising and to put down the communists. And so these, these voluntary groups that, of the Freikorps, um, you know, ex-soldiers, um, joining together, being led by um, aristocratic um, German army officers um, to um, physically put down um, the communist rising. So it goes back to what you were saying, really, that Germany had been used to a very right-wing traditional government and this was almost too much too soon and the yeah. army soon nipped it in the bud. Yeah. So that would explain that then. What about the cat putsch then? So the cat putsch seems great on paper, you know, he, um, you know, the, we've got the, the fry corps now won't go away because they've been used to, to put down the Spartacists and they certainly don't want to be disbanded as part of the Treaty of Versailles. And you'd think, well, you know, if if we all think the Germans are longing for a, white, for a right-wing monarchy or a government of that nature, why aren't this, why why isn't Cap and the Freikorps su successful? Why does this general strike thing, you know, work? Yes, I mean, um, it's fascinating. You think that uh, the Cap Putsch had a better chance of of succeeding than the Spartacist Rising? Yeah, um, because it is right wing. It's backed by the Freikorps, uh, and its ultimate aim was to bring back the Kaiser um, and to restore um, monarchical government in Germany, but. Um, again, it's it's brought down really through um, non-cooperation. That the that the SPT, SPD, um, the sort of central uh, parties in the in the German Reichstag, see the cap putsch as totally illegal, totally against the constitution, and they bring it down by organising a general strike. That's this just just people power. That um, you know the, the trains stop working, the buses stop working. Um, 
many uh, workers don't go to work um, and the you know the coal's not arriving um, and and so they they just uh, cause such um, chaos that um, they that cap and um, his his cronies uh, in Berlin just cannot um, run the country because there's just total non-cooperation so it's a great sort of great big whopping vote for the Weimar government really isn't it you know is it, or is it just maybe maybe cap just People were just not ready yet to just, just abandon the system so quickly. It is. I think it is a vote for the uh, the Weimar government in a way that uh, yes, that, that they were um, yes, they were unpopular in some ways, but they were um, they were the lesser of two evils. Okay, so let's fast forward then. Um, so, nineteen twenty three is seen as the year of the sort of you know, the crisis, really, isn't it? You've got Germany's inability to um, to meet their reparations payments. Um, so then the French army march in, they're occupying the Ruhr, they're helping themselves to, to, to coal and to money and there's violence in the Ruhr. Um, and this is the time when, surely, the Weimar government should have floundered. Um, you know, the French had never been on German soil. You know, only, you know, you, you, you go 50 years back, it was German troops marching up and down Paris, wasn't it, in the, after the Franco-Prussian War. So why doesn't the government collapse? We've got hyperinflation, the invasion of the Ruhr, and this plucky Austrian upstart called Adolf Hitler uh, has a go. How does the government survive this year? Um, well, yes, I mean, it's a great year of crisis, but I, th I think, um, I mean, firstly, um, most of Germany is united in their sort of hatred of the French and the French actions in the Ruhr, because, of course, um, they've only just finished fighting the First World War against the French, and so the French are, are definitely an enemy of Germany. There aren't going to be many Germans who are going to be siding with the occupation of the Ruhr. No. Um, and so, um, yes, the um, the French occupation is crippling the German economy because um, you know, Germany's um, coal, iron, steel reserves are all based in the Ruhr. So many factories are based in the Ruhr. Um, and so the government's response was to, um, yes, print money and, and causing this hyperinflation, which makes life so difficult for um, ordinary Germans having to sort of barter um, goods rather and um, use the currency. Um, but you have to ask, you know, what was the alternative? You know, uh, what, what, mm. where was the way out? And, and, and there is no obvious way out of this. Um, for, you know, it's, it's not like you... Um, a, a politician could just stand up and say, "I know what what we're going to do." Um, no one really had an answer, right? The, the, the French were insisting on getting their reparations. Um, the German government, the Weimar government, was was trying to run the country, um, and yes, hyper, um, printing money and causing the hyperinflation was not a good um, solution. But then, no one really had a better one. Right. So it's about really people obviously talk about this is the first crisis the government faces doesn't doesn't know how to get round it so maybe you're saying there's a lack of alternative at this point but of course there was an alternative adolf hitler um had been growing this small part that we'll talk about in a separate podcast no doubt um since 1920 and he felt this was his time down in munich to to launch his putsch you'd think that you know potentially if he's his, his, his timing is opportune. Um, again, you know, he he just fails to really. Is it? You know, would we put his failure down to a lack of backing? Would we put it down to good actions from the Weimar government? Well, yes, I think your key phrase there was down in Bavaria because um, you know before 1923. 
Um, Hitler is uh, is an unknown in Germany. I mean, he's, he's only known in Bavaria. The Nazis yeah. were only a Bavarian party. You know, there is there's no Berlin Nazi party in 1923. There's no, um, you know, widespread Nazi organisation. All of this comes in response to um, Hitler's imprisonment and and his sort of new democratic campaign. So before 1923, the Nazi party are really a, a very obscure. Um, southern german bavarian party that, that a north german would never even have heard of uh, and and hitler who's hitler you know so um it's it, too so, soon see so, yeah he wasn't he wasn't the solution and and his scheme really was to try and emulate mussolini's march on rome in berlin and um to take uh, power in munich and then use that as a basis of um to carry out a national revolution and it was it was pie in the sky thinking that that um, he carries out this putsch uh, without the support of the army or the police um, and uh, the, it's easily squashed um, and he's arrested he's almost killed um, several Nazis were and he's very lucky to escape um, being guillotined for treason um, because that's what it was it was a treasonous act and it's only because he had a very sympathetic right-wing judge that he's uh, sentenced to five years, um, which is eventually uh, reduced to uh, one year's uh, imprisonment. Um, so he's extraordinarily lucky to, to escape the consequences of a very foolhardy um, action. So interesting, I think across the three, three or four events you've talked about there, you're almost saying that it's never quite a vote for Weimar Germany, but there's always a, f a, a fundamental flaw in each of the rebellions or plans that people would rather just stick with what they know for the time being? Yes, I, I think uh, for, for, for most Germans, um, the government was was never hugely popular, but, but then you, you had Britain's. to think of, well, what was the alternative? Bring back the Kaiser? Well, the Kaiser had um, you know, brought about the First World War and catastrophic defeat. Um, Communist revolution, well, the middle classes and upper classes, that was their worst nightmare. Um, so what was the alternative? But, uh, but uh, a roughly centre um, government. And I think most um, thinking Germans recognise that the, these were difficult times, but the, um, the politicians were, uh, were trying to find a way through. Uh, and certainly there was mm. no obvious alternative. So, of course, uh, you know, a, a big part of, of course, this recovery of the Weimar, uh, of Weimar journey, which we won't go into now, will be Stresemann. So, 1923 really was the, you know, the the crisis that it had to get through, wasn't it? And then we'll look at in a subsequent podcast the years of Stresemann and how and if he helps Germany to recover and strengthen and and revitalise. But I think that was a really important piece on just talking about. There, there are a lot of exam questions asking you about what problems Weimar Germany face and why does it face problems but it's actually an easier and more useful question to reverse it and say well how does it manage to survive and I think you've put that in in a really really good way and I think most of most um, exam questions if you look at the dates and um, they will have very clear dates in the corner of these questions um, I think 1919 to 23 it's really important again you just go over what you would say is those four events quickly for us and so just just some just some closing words if you could, sir. Yes. Well, um, I mean, look at the strengths of Weimar to start with, uh, and then um, 
the Spartacists rising and why that really um, had no chance of succeeding uh, against the overwhelming um, hatred of communism amongst the German middle and upper classes. The Cat Putsch you'd have thought would be more likely but then um, it's a totally illegal act and, it, and mm. it, it is opposed by um, the sort of centre and left wing uh, groups in the Reichstag who are able to organise this general strike to bring it down. Um, and then the, the French occupation of the Ruhr and the German uh, government's response to that with printing money and starting the hyperinflation. Um, these, these are very difficult times, but um, the Germans were united in their opposition to the French. And that's you know, a key point. That I, is a key, I think yeah. I was going to ask you whether I've always seen the invasion of the Ruhr as like this disgraceful moment and, oh, look, it's the government's fault. But you almost argument it's almost like a rallying call to Germans to get behind the government and the government of course who back the workers and pay them and actually almost like a, this builds of this bonds against the French which I never thought about that way. Yes I mean I mean what what are the Germans going to do I mean uh, you know how, how do you get rid of the government most of the time you don't do that you, you work with the government you grumble about it. But, yes yeah, I mean, we know that well. Huge complaints and of course the, the hyperinflation made life incredibly difficult um, day to day, just to get uh, enough to li um, live on, and so on. Spend all your wages, you know, um, in the, in half an hour, because uh, you know, two hours later they'll be worth a lot less, and so on. Um, but um, without an obvious alternative, you you muddle on with the existing government. Um, people don't like revolutions because it's they're kind so of the pattern of history, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was an absolute tour de force, Mr. Clayton. Thank you so much for that. Um, so we hope that that's um, been you know, quite a thorough guide through the sort of first four years of Weimar Germany. Um, I hope you managed to sort of get through it and make sense of this sort of left and right notion. Uh, do look past, do look back at some of the exam questions, and um, by all means, speak to teachers if you need any help with those. Thank you very much for listening. It's goodbye from me, um, and goodbye from Mr. Clayton. Goodbye, and we wish you lots of luck on those mock exams coming up.